Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Friends, welcome this morning. I get to welcome you as well. And as we step into our message time, on the weekend, can I call this weekend before Christmas? Yeah. Wow. Christmas Day, one week from tomorrow. Yeah, I know we have one more Sunday, okay? So for those of you who are a little old, I know there's one more Sunday. But this is the last week leading up to our Christmas celebrations with family and friends and gathering together, and it's good to be together. And I recognize uh, at this season, some uh, some of our students come back from being away at school, um, some of our young professionals are back in the house, um, some family members are gathering too, because you're, you're celebrating Christmas, maybe this afternoon together as a family. This is a season to gather together. And so thank you for coming to gather this morning for our time of, of worship, of community together, fellowship together, of also coming and saying, God, speak into my life. Come and speak. You spoke into many lives throughout history. This is a time for you to say, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to speak into my life? Because as we speak out words like Nick referenced the name given to Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm going to focus in on another name that Isaiah also spoke out about Jesus, is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And today I'm going to talk about peace on earth, and is it still possible? We're going to look at this, this title, this name given to Jesus, because his peace does come with him, and it is for our lives to speak peace into our very souls, into our being. Does anyone need a fresh Speaking in a piece this morning. I, I see some hands going up. Yeah. Always. Yeah, always. It is true. And this morning, I'm going to reference uh, our text is Luke chapter 1. Pastor Heidi got us into it last week. I'm going to go right back to chapter 1 of Luke, chapter 2. And specifically, I'm going to be looking at this guy named Zechariah. And Zechariah, you know, he doesn't always get the limelight. Um, I think when we did the kids' nativities, it would be the Mary, the Joseph. Uh, maybe a baby Jesus. Obviously, somebody's got to be the donkey. Sorry, somebody always has. Um, but not many people are Zechariah or Elizabeth. But Pastor Heidi brought out the story of Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus, last week. So, again, you can go to our YouTube page and you can check out that message. It was a very timely message. And Heidi traveled all the way to New York City to get some illustrations for you. You remember that? I, I, just, I didn't do that this week. I'm sorry. I stayed waiting for one of the region. I made it to Elmira, so maybe Elmira illustration will fit in here. Um, but this is a season of gathering and having fun. And on Friday night, it was about as a staff. We, we gathered as base church staff. As many of you know, Poinidia Church and Slate Church coming together. Our official launch will be the end of January, but we've already released the name of Base Church. And we came together as a whole staff on Friday night, and here's some pictures of some of the fun that we had. We had a potluck together. Um, there's 18 kids that belong to the base church staff, so we had to have a whole table for them. And Pastors Brandon and Emma um, had some tickets and 
gifts for the kids, so they gathered around the trees, and yeah, they ate candy, and it was all over their faces, and, and we just had a great time sharing together, and I think there was 44 staff, I think that's, sorry, staff and partners, spouses, some family, and kids, and it was a great time to gather together, and there was at times we thought, oh, is this a good idea? <laughs> This is the opposite of peaceful. <laughs> it's it's uh, very full, but we have an amazing time. But I highlighted that, that Pastor Heidi brought out some of that reference a story about Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who was pregnant at the same time as Mary. And we know Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And actually, Mary just followed a couple months behind Elizabeth. Elizabeth was pregnant with, do you remember who? John. John was her son. We're going to hear about the name him. He became known as John the Baptizer, John or John the Baptist. And Heidi highlighted last week about Elizabeth and Mary. How while one woman was well along in years, and she was barren up until this point. And then the other woman, Mary, was very young. She, she had not even gotten married. She was just to the age to get married, which we know in that day was a lot younger. We also know that, as Heidi referenced to, one child was named John, and he's actually the connection point between the Old Testament and New Testament. I want to point us in that direction as we see John this morning. And then also about Mary giving birth to Jesus, who fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, and also that brought in the new of God's plan and heart. One birth was foretelling the coming of the other child who was born, Jesus. But let's look at Zechariah this morning and look at some of what he experienced in Luke chapter 1. And the reference points for you, I'm not going to read all of the text, but starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, and you go all the way to, I think it's verse 80. So there's lots of verses that incorporate some of Zechariah's story. Friends, do you pull out the first Christmas story, the accounts of Jesus being born at this time of year, and, and do you read it with your family? Yeah. Do, you, do you take time to, to share it with your kids? I, man, I'm, I'm 53 now, and I did the math, and I'm like, I think for the last 50 years, at some point coming out in this season, has either been read to me as a child, or I would read it out, or I would just take time in my personal time to say, God, show me something again from your word. Do you believe the word of God is living and active? So therefore, every year, every time that you read it, you can come with anticipation and faith and say, God, speak to me in a fresh new way. Speak to me. And, and then that's why I encourage you to read it to your kids. Father, speak to my children. Speak to my nieces and nephews, my grandkids, my neighbor's kids, whoever you're inviting over. Speak to us in a fresh new way. And so, Lord, may that be true from Zechariah's story this morning. Zechariah was a priest. Zechariah and Elizabeth both were born out of the lineage of Aaron. Aaron, the first Levitical priesthood of God's people. Aaron, who's the brother of Moses. So if you're looking at the family tree, this is where Elizabeth and Zechariah were born out of that, that line. And what we read in chapter 1, verse 6, is both of them were upright in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. Whoa. Upright in the Lord's commands, following all of his decrees blamelessly. Could that be said about you? Rhetorical question. Well, 
I don't want you to put your hand up or yell out yes or no. <laughs> but think about it. We read in the context of what's happening here in Zechariah's time, it says his division or his team, his group were called up. It was their time to serve in the temple and to fulfill the priestly duties. And there were so many priests in this time period, from the time of Aaron all the way down to Zechariah. There were so many that they didn't get called in every day. It wasn't like a nine to five, Monday to Friday type of job for them. So when their time got called on to come and serve in the temple, it was significant. And what we read about here is Luke tells us that Zechariah's name got drawn from the hat, drawn from the lot. His lot was called, and Zechariah, you are going to be the one that as your division goes into the Holy of Holies and fulfills, offers the sacrifices on behalf of the people, Zechariah, you're going to be the one to stay in the Holy of Holies and burn the incense up to God. And for Zechariah, this was a probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like he wasn't, as I said, he wasn't there Monday to Friday. This His division only got called on periodically. And then to get your name drawn that you are going to be the one to remain there, the Holy of Holies represented the presence of God, where heaven came and met earth at this point because Jesus had not been born yet. So all they knew was the temple of God that housed the presence of God. And Zechariah got the privilege to be there to burn the incense that would be pleasing aroma up in heaven to the Father. So let's go to what, what's transpired here. Chapter 11, uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 11. While Zechariah was there, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. That tells you about something about the angel's appearance in their presence when, people, when, when they met with people. So often we read people were afraid, the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, like there's fear when heaven meets earth. And this was the exposure for Zechariah. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, will bring, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What an experience this was for Zechariah, not only to get his name called, not only to be the one that stays in the spirit, intimate place with the Father, but then for one of God's servants to show up and speak directly to him. And speak powerfully to him that his prayer has been heard in heaven and his prayer is about to be answered, that he and his wife were going to have a child. Now, Zechariah responds in an interesting way, verse 18. He says, how? How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Gentlemen, take note of Zechariah's wisdom. He called himself old. He didn't call his wife old. 
He said, she's just well along in years. But what I want you to notice, that's a light humorous element, but notice that even with Zechariah's faith, his calling as a priest, his time serving in the temple, he wasn't so sure that what he was hearing was actually going to happen. He's kind of responding like, ha, ha, yeah, I need to see some proof. Like, we're old. <laughs> we're past the season of having kids. And it's well known in our community. And so whoever you are and whatever you are talking to me, I don't know if I can believe you. Zechariah was hesitating in his, in his belief. So interesting, because in, in my, in my um, version of Scripture, my translation here, verse 18 is right across from Mary's. So this is the part talking to the angel talking to Zechariah. This is the part of the angel talking to Mary. And so when it gets to the angel telling Zechariah that you're going to have a son, right beside the verse, right beside it was Mary's response. And Mary's response was different. Mary's response was, how will this be since I have never been with a man? So she wasn't inferring, I don't know how this is even possible, but she was looking for understanding. Help me understand this. Whereas Zechariah is like, I don't know if I can believe this. How many of us who are well along in years have given up believing that God is still going to answer a prayer? That was the reality Zechariah was facing in this moment. Verse 19. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Whoa. It feels like a little bit of a reprimand there. Um, Zechariah asks, like, how is this, you know, going to really happen? Like, there must have been some even hesitation, doubt in his voice. Because Gabriel spoke up loud and clear. No, no, I'm Gabriel. And I stand in heaven next to the mighty God. And I've come here with a message from him for you. Would that get your knees knocking a little bit? <laughs> Wait a second. I think I asked the wrong question. <laughs> I think I should have just said, tell me I'm your servant. What can I do? But Zechariah was responding perhaps out of a bit of his fear, perhaps out of lacking some peace. He was questioning and wondering if God's word could really be fulfilled and come true. In the next verses, we read that Zechariah came out of the temple and he must have still been shaken a little bit because the people were wondering, what's taking him so long? Why is he in there? Could he not get the match lit? Like, wasn't he supposed to just burn the incense and come right out? And they knew when he came out, he had seen a vision. They knew because he was, he was at that point mute. Gabriel said, because you do not believe, you will no longer speak. <laughs> and he lost his voice. So he couldn't come out and tell them what he experienced. So we read that he tried to sign and communicate what had happened. And, and those who were outside the temple knew that something significant had taken place. After his time of serving at the temple, his team and division went back home. And he laid with his wife, Elizabeth, and she conceived a child, just like Gabriel had said would happen. Think about what their lives were like up until this moment, though. Elizabeth and Zechariah had been living with prolonged disappointment. <laughs> they wanted to have a child just like everybody else. 
Children were a blessing from the Lord. We, we want to fit in. We also want to raise kids with our family name. We want to see little Elizabeths and little Zechs running around. Like, like we want to see them and raise a family. And they had never been able to experience that. And that, immediately the enemy says, something's wrong with you. <laughs> something, it must be your fault. Shame that you can't provide a child for your husband. Or your husband, you can't for your family line and carry on the family line and name of Zechariah. And the enemy heaps it on. They notice people looking at them. So they'd walk to the market or go to the well. And they felt, and, and it, was a, it was kind of a known thought that if you didn't have children, God must be punishing you. So often we believe the enemy's lies, don't we? Rather than turning back to God and saying, God, what's your timing on this? Can you imagine if that had been their prayer and God said, you will have a child. He will come soon. <laughs> We'd be like, soon? Can you tell me a date and time? Like, kind of narrow it down for me. That's how we operate, isn't it? But the Father operates with his heart and his plan. So they have had to live with disappointment. That had been their daily experiences. Perhaps they, they weren't settled in peace. I, I say that because Zechariah wasn't postured even in the temple, even in the Holy of Holies, to believe that God would speak to him on this day. He was startled, and he, was, he didn't believe. And we understand, as you study into this passage, that not only was he um, mute and not able to speak, but he was most likely deaf as well. That he came out and he couldn't hear, because he was immediately starting to respond with, with signs, and he eventually got a writing tablet. We'll see that in some of his account. The words of the angel became true and real. What the two of them knew, Zechariah and Elizabeth, that the angel had spoken the words of God, and it had come true, because Elizabeth's like, oh, I'm pregnant. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and we read more. As you come then to the birth of their son, you come to verse 57. So skipping over the middle section about the birth of Jesus and Mary's song. Let's come to verse 57. When the time had come, Elizabeth, to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. And the neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Just like today, when we hear the announcement of a baby being born, we are filled with excitement. Like, tell us about who it is. There's a family in our community who just had a baby in the last week. And it was like, oh, tell us his name. And, and what is he? Does he look like dad or mom? And, and, you know, all those fun things that we like to hear. Well, the same was true in Zechariah's day. The community was filled with joy and excitement. And you read in this passage that then on the eighth day, they were going to have the baby boy circumcised. That was the Jewish tradition and practice. And they hadn't named him publicly yet, so it was time to name him. And you will read in Luke that it says, they came to Elizabeth and said, surely you're going to call him Zechariah Jr., right? Like, that's the pattern here. And, and, and Mary's response was, no. Mary said, not at all. She said, his name will be John. And so they're like, oh. oh sorry, Elizabeth was saying that. I said, Mary, I'm getting my, my, my couples mixed up here. Are you paying attention? Stay with me. Make sure I stay on track. You know, I'm not just making this up. Make sure I don't, okay? So Elizabeth responded and said, no, his name is to be John. And the emphasis of her words are actually absolutely not. Like, are we going to call him Zachariah? Absolutely not. His name is to be John. And they were like, 
woman, you're, you're still in some experience of birth. Like, let's go find Zechariah. And so they went and found the dad. The dad and they said to him, what are you going to name him? Surely you're going to call him after your name because that's the traditions of what we follow. And recognize what Zechariah said. He said, his name is John. He and Elizabeth had already been calling their baby John. We do this, right? When we name a child, and nowadays couples just keep the name to themselves, and maybe Zechariah and Elizabeth did too. But we you know, kind of hang on to it. We'll tell you when, when the baby's born, we'll tell you. So however their conversations went for nine months, like Elizabeth would have been, when the angel said, we're going to call him John, and Zechariah would have been. You know, can you imagine their conversations? But then when it came time, Zechariah said, his name is John. And we read in verse 64, immediately his mouth was opened, and he began praising God and giving glory to him. Wow, what a powerful unfolding of what took place. Now, all of this is just setting up the coming of Jesus. Like, these are some pretty cool experiences and events of everyday, ordinary people like you and I. Sometimes we look at Mary and Joseph and go, they're next level, you know. Like, they're, they got to be closer to God. Highly favored. I'm not highly favored. I'm, I'm on this side. You know, Mary and Joseph are on that side. And and we get this idea in our mind that there's levels of closeness to God. And, and, and so yet, as we see this unfold, all of these events were happening, merely and, and, and importantly, to point toward the one who was coming, the one who had a message for the entire world. But that's how important God is in his plan. He's like, oh, I'm going to set up my son's coming. And I want to set him up with some powerful key events that will get a voice ready to proclaim that my son has come to the, to the earth. And so at the birth of John alone, look what his father said about him in his Zechariah's song, verse 67, or Zechariah's prophecy. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. This is what he said. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn, or he has given strength of the message of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said this, his holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore of our father Abraham, to rescue from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him, without fear and holiness and righteousness before him of all days. Now, Zechariah is speaking this prophetic word over his son, John, who we knew, know, eventually became known as John the Baptizer. And these words that Zechariah had downloaded into his heart were actually from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah had spoken these words out about the coming Savior of the world. And Zechariah filled it in his spirit to speak it out over John that he would be the one to proclaim that the, the child of God is coming. Because look at verse 76. These words come from Gabriel, just a page over. And you, my child, John, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. 
because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. These are the words that Zechariah spoke out over his son John. John, this is your purpose and calling in life. You are to carry this message forward and prepare the way for the Lord of all lords to come into this world. I want to remind you of what the angels said to Zechariah nine months or so before this time. He said, you are to call him John, right? He said, you are also not to serve him any wine or fermented drink, setting apart what our, the priests were known to be set apart at. So John was also known, also known as a priest and a prophet. Gabriel also said, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Did you see that? For us who believe in Jesus Christ and receive Jesus as Savior, that's when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But John was filled with the Spirit from birth. And he will come in the power of Elijah. And if you don't remember Elijah, go back and read the stories of Elijah. So John was being prepared and set up to be a voice that would speak to that, his generation, to speak to the world, to speak such a significant message that all of us should take note of it and say, God, your plan was set up with such great purpose, we don't want to miss what your plan was. The words and events that surrounded John's birth are what we should take note of and respond and see how significantly they point to the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, to the coming of the Prince of Peace. I share this in depth with you this morning because sometimes we say, well, we got to wait for Jesus for peace to come into our lives. And absolutely true is when you invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, He is the Prince of Peace who will come and sit on the throne of your heart and speak peace into your life. But in this moment, I want you to see that you can also experience peace. Elizabeth and Zechariah did in the times and the days before Jesus. Where, though, was their peace found? How did they get into a place of peace? They found it in obeying God. When they obeyed God, when they followed God, when they submitted to God's will, then they began to experience peace. Up to that moment in the temple, I, I wonder what their le- peace radar level was like. Um, were they settled or were they upset with God because he hadn't answered their prayers? Gabriel said, God has heard your prayers, Zechariah. But up until that moment, what was the turmoil daily in their life? Dealing with being the only family that doesn't have a child. But at the moment when they changed and they said, we're going to obey God. We're going to follow God. We're actually going to act on this. And like the, God gave us the message, we were to call him John. That's what we are going to name him. And when they did, incredible peace began to be experienced in their life. We haven't even got to Jesus yet and the Prince of Peace. The one who brings the path of peace. Did you see the end of Zechariah's prophecy? John, you're going to make a way to prepare for the path of peace for the Lord's Son to communicate that message. Peace was absent in Elizabeth and Zechariah's life when they stayed focused on their circumstances. 
And they stay focused on what we don't have compared to what they do have. They didn't have a settling of peace in their lives. Their faith, I believe, even began to wane. We see that in Zechariah, that he wasn't believing that this is an angel sent for the Lord with a purpose. He was doubtful. But their peace was restored when they believed and when they acted on God's word. When they said yes, like when Elizabeth said, no, (laughs) absolutely not. Don't call him Zechariah. This is what the Lord said to call him, John. When Zechariah wrote that out, there was a download, a loosening of his voice once again. Can you imagine if God worked that way in all of our lives today? That whenever we would step out of obedience, when we would step out of honoring God, that he just shut our mouths and we went mute like that. This would be a quiet world, wouldn't it? But God doesn't operate that way. He's not like some uh, wand-waving magician up in the sky that has a bit of a a fetish that he's just going to, oh, I don't like you, you're silent. Oh, I don't like you, you're silent. No, God's saying, come to me. I want to speak to you. Listen to my voice, and I will tell you what my heart is for you. And I'm thankful that Zechariah and Elizabeth leaned in to the voice of God. Oh, we're talking in the new year about taking some time before the launch of new church to take some time to fast and pray. We often think of fasting involved with food or entertainment or other things. What if we fasted from talking and we only talk to God? I know you're thinking I'm getting a bit radical right now. But think about it. If you sat in the quietness, instead of telling God all that you needed him to do, you listened and said, Father, what are you saying right now? What do you want to accomplish in your church, in our family, in my life? What are you saying to me, Lord? You can go further to find out peace that passes our understanding It was realized in Jesus Christ. It was walked out by the disciples in the early church. I'm going to give you a takeaway verse to do some study on. And the Prince of Peace this week is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Do you want to walk in peace today? It starts with Jesus Christ. It continues when we obey God's calling and his will for our lives. And when we submit to what he has in store. Can I ask this morning, do you have peace in your life? Do you have peace in your heart? Do you have peace in your mind? Do you have peace in your family? How long does that peace last? 15 minutes? (laughs) While you're doing your quiet time and reading in the morning? And then you just got to deal with the day, so you'll get back to peace tomorrow. Does it last for three hours? Does it last for three days? The Prince of Peace wants to speak peace that even in your turmoil, in your circumstances, in this world that has wars and rumors of wars, he wants to speak peace. Think for a moment, what takes you out of peace? Yeah, chaos in the world, chaos that we can't control. Yeah, distractions. 
We're talking about words and speaking and being mute. The words of others sometimes takes me out of peace. When I hear it said to me directly or read it on social media, I'm tempted to believe that and I get taken out of peace. Is that true for you? The one that sticks out to me is the stuff that we can't control can take us out of peace because we work so hard to get back in control and say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome this. I know I can do it. I just need to think this or say this or block that out. And, and then we get distracted or our life gets chaotic. And we're like, I can't control this. And then we look to God and we say, there must be something wrong with him because he wouldn't allow this if he was a peace-loving God. Oh, see the trail we can go down. But John came to say, I'm going to guide you into the path of peace. Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Elizabeth and Zechariah, thank you for showing us the way to peace. Obedience, submission, honoring God. This is a season, friends, that promotes peace. Not just for one hour on a Sunday morning or an hour and however long we go. This is a message of peace for you to carry 24-7. Nick said, are you, are you ready for Christmas? And I imagine some of your stress levels started to peak and your to-do list started to jump in your mind again. You're like, ah, oh, I got to go back to the mall. Being around people isn't always peaceful unless you are a peace carrier. Are you going to be a peace carrier? Because God has provided a way for you to carry peace through his son, Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace who wants to lead you every day. Think about our friends throughout Scripture, the Elizabeths, the Zechariahs, yeah, the Mary and Josephs. We also know the Peters, the James, the Johns. They walked through stuff that was not peaceful in their circumstance in the world. God knew that, and he also knows it of us today. He knows it of our Slavic-speaking friends who are here celebrating Christmas in a country that is a lot more peaceful than some of their homeland of Russia, Ukraine. We know Israel, Palestine, all that's going on. We know chaos and turmoil, but do we know peace? Do we know Jesus? The song I've asked the team if they would lead us in is, God, give me your peace. And as they lead us out into it, there's opportunity for you right where you are to make it a prayer. The words, the lyrics are going to say, I lay it all down. <laughs> anything that is not peaceful, anything that is chaotic. I talked to a friend this past Sunday week ago today, who came up to me right up, actually I was over on this side, and said, would you pray for me? I got a diagnosis that the medical world in a lot of ways would say it's terminal. And so we talked it out right here. And he's a believer in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And he said, I've already started this treatment, I'm wondering about surgery, and then there's treatments, and, and they've improved and as he's looking at me, talking to me, it was the same diagnosis my dad got. And you know, from our story, my dad lasted a year. And so I talked to this man and I, I said, how are you handling it? How's your family? 
And he said, you know what? The family's gathering around. They're coming close. And this is an opportunity for them to hear about the Prince of Peace. Regardless of life continues or life gets accelerated into eternity, he said, I just want to be postured before God. Can you say that in the diagnosis of your busy day? (laughs) Nothing to do with your physical. Maybe it's just your agendas. Do you need to take some time and say, God, give me your peace? For the known and the unknown. Friends, would you stand with us? Stand with me. And let me pray us into a response through this song. God, I thank you for your word this morning. It's got way more in it than we can unpack in 30, 35, 45, 12 hours. It's a lifetime book for us. Thank you for showing us the insights to the human beings who've lived and had faith before us. We learn from their missteps and mistakes, and yet we still do them ourselves, God. So thank you for your patience for us. And Lord, this realm of peace, it seems like it should be a no-brainer that the Prince of Peace has come. John was just born at this point, getting ready to talk about the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And yet here we are 2,000-ish years later and we still need to hear a message of peace. You're still calling us to walk in peace. Father, for those who are postured here in the room and, and this message is resonating because they have chaos or they have diagnosis they can't control or they have situations that are beyond them, may you speak to them in these moments so that their prayer can become, God, give me your peace. Lord, for those who are peace carriers already, just increase it, God. Fan into flame the peace carriers in this room, online with us, because this is a season when people are postured and we can speak peace to them. Shalom, shalom, in Jesus' name. Father, lead us as we sing, as we pray to you now. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.